0: Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher. I am joined by Chris Monnier and Kyle Simmons. And we appreciate you listening to the podcast. We're excited that you're here. Uh, We would love it if you gave us a glowing five-star review. We'd also love it if you subscribed to the podcast. These are all good things that you can do uh, to make 2020 just maybe end it on a good note. Okay, Mm. we're heading into December. Reviews, subscriptions, let's end it on a good note. I think that's a good way to do it. Today we are doing blink One Eighty Two self-titled album from 2003. Uh, I guess it's called Blink-182 then, right? Is that what we'd call it? Wait, did you say self-titled? Well, it's self-titled, right? It's untitled. Is it untitled? Is that what they call it? Yes. What's the difference? Really?
1: Self-titled would be Blink-182. Untitled is the album has no title.
0: That's the... Hmm. but I mean, like, what's technically, like, where, like, alphabetically, where would you put this, right? You'd put I, it... I don't own a record store. They don't even exist anymore. I can't answer that question. That's interesting. I didn't know. So is that something they uh, talked about? See, you're already bringing knowledge to this podcast <laughs> that I didn't know about.
1: I just remember from an interview, it just stuck in my head, that he was like, no, we wanted it to be untitled, We like, because it, it was, we didn't want it, we wanted the music to speak for itself, like a super artsy-fartsy thing to say by Tom O'Long, mm. so... Yeah. I'm not <laughs> you're, you're buying not, that. Say, you're not, I'm not, you're not buying it.
0: Because you can untitled a song. I've seen untitled on a track listing. But it it doesn't say untitled on the bottom of the record that I'm holding up and you can't see because this is a podcast. But Where's you know, the title then? It's right there. It says Blink-182, just like every other self-titled record I have. Says. But if it's
1: untitled, there would also be no title.
0: Right. That's my point, is that like it technically it's just like a, it's like calling, um, I can't think of a good example of what this is, but
1: no, we agree there. Like it potato, potato, like untitled, self-titled, whatever, but technically, but technically it's untitled. (laughs)
0: I'll allow it. I'll allow it. it seems fair to me. It's, not,
1: it, it's a fact, and they don't care about your feelings. Yeah. They do not
2: care. <laughs> Facts don't care about your feelings.
0: That's true. Uh, so Kyle uh, did the quote-unquote research for this album. Uh, as if we needed to research this one. I think right. this is another one of those that we uh, were all kind of bananas for and know everything about it. Uh, but take it away, Kyle. Tell us about... Tell us about this untitled Blink-Wade 2 album.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Untitled was released November 18th, 2003. It was recorded between January 3rd and freaking October. Almost an <laughs> That's entire so a long time. An entire
1: season of COVID, if, and, like, in time, And, and so I, far.
2: Like, I don't know if you guys remember this – um did, did either of you geek out hard enough to back then, like if a band was recording and you know, this was the beginning of people utilizing the internet, they would do like little webisodes and like you would have, you would know they were in the studio and you'd be freaking out, like wanting to hear something. And I remember this seeming like it took forever. And I remember just like dying to hear this. And, and, and also I, I feel like I remember it not just seeming to take forever, like it actually taking forever. So yeah.
0: am I alone yeah, in but, that? No. But here's here's what's really crazy is that it really didn't... I mean, the recording process did, but they released records every two years for, for these three in a row.
2: Well, dude. Okay, so they finished recording October 24th. The record came out November 18th. How, oh, yeah, I promise you... How- <laughs>
0: It was how, an all-night mixing session by Chris Lord alk <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: and then and then the the
0: production companies, you know, go go go, just make them. I don't care how. So yeah, my guess is whatever they were doing. I think they. I think the thing I read said they finished maybe recording in August, but there was some post production stuff that went on through no, October. You know, that could be one little part or something. I doubt it's like a whole song that they were doing in October. It was probably like. Maybe that last vocal vocal by Robert Plant or something. I don't know. I mean like not Robert Plant. It's <laughs> the wrong Yeah, that's different that's Robert. The wrong, <laughs> that's the wrong Robert. <laughs> different Robert. But that would be cool too. I would listen to Robert yeah, Plant. If you guys on a, are listening.
1: I think you should, <laughs> Blink we, yeah, we we think Skiba Blink182 should have uh, have some Robert Plant in the
0: next <laughs> Yeah, album. I think that would be cool. Um Yeah, but that's, I mean, I think that that's a long enough time that 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 probably made the label nervous. Don't you think? That they cranked out two albums three months? Like, they recorded for, like, two or three months on the other two, and then all of a sudden it's, like, nine months in, and you don't have the record? I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah, the anticipation, I think, was just so high for it. And also, um, you know, I'm sure the label wanted to kind of, like, pump things up like you want to get people excited about it so they probably kept talking about it, it kept taking longer because I'm with you Kyle I don't I don't remember as specifically as you but I do remember it feeling like an absolute eternity to the point where uh, um I think part of the reason I bought Madden 2004 was just yeah. so I could hear that song yeah. uh that you know I mean I literally was like well I don't really have a lot of money but I gotta hear this song today like I had to hear it that day the day that Madden came out yep yeah I, I yeah,
0: distinctly I, remember that yeah and and I also wonder like if they I, you know I was I know they rented well anyway you can talk a little bit about that. I mean I just I wonder if that was their plan to spend that much time or did that I mean I know they didn't or that's just a luxury on, that comes with yeah <laughs> cranking being the out biggest the hits. rock and roll band yeah. in the world. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um anyway, onward. So Tell us uh more.
2: you know obviously this is uh This is it. This is the, this is the last one with, uh, with Jerry and, uh,
0: Jerry Finn, rest in peace. Yeah. RIP as mentioned before.
2: Um, and it says that like, uh, Chris, you had mentioned prior to us hitting that record button that, uh, that like their lives had all drastically changed because all of them became fathers before this record, like right before the making of this record. And, um, so that changed. That changed things. It changed
0: the way that they recorded. Um, Not Travis, though. I don't think Travis had kids yet.
2: It says. It says all of them. She. She was pregnant. I, I, oh, I was think, she? Okay.
0: Yeah. And um,
2: anyway, so like, I remember in particular reading something about uh, feeling this, and I don't. I don't. I. I don't quote me on this, but I believe they started with this record. Like Mark would go in a room and write. A verse, and Tom would go in a room and write a chorus, and and maybe they'd give each other a vague idea. We're gonna write a song about you know summertime. I don't know, and um, and feeling this is is uh, a result of that. Like they were not in the same room together. Went yeah, went, another, and yeah. and uh, one wrote the chorus, one wrote the verse, and they crapped out a pretty
0: awesome song. And they're both about sex. Yeah, doing it without without knowing. <laughs> Yeah, they were gonna. I mean, it's blinking. What are the chances? Chance, (laughs) but uh, no, that that yeah, that happened. I remember uh, they did a MTV did like a sort of a making of the album thing where they just talked about it. They didn't really have a ton of footage from the making of it. They had some of it, but um, and I remember them mentioning that on the on the on that. Well, I think I
2: also have like uh, crossed crossed memories because I I feel like MTV did like. It showed the recording studio, but I think that that's from "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," where they, where they uh, showed them kind of like living in this house and recording. No, no, thing. that's this. That's is this that album. this one? Okay, yeah. yeah. No, they cool, did.
0: Cool. "Take Off Your Pants" was in a legit studio. This one is a house they rented for six months. Wikipedia says they got kicked out of the house. They didn't get kicked out of the house. They signed a thing to say yeah, they, they were going to use it for six months. And then the people out. wanted to, yeah, people yeah. wanted to move back into their house or whatever. And so they didn't get kicked out. They just ran out of time. They thought they'd be done with the album, and then they weren't kicked um, out, uh, lease one so, up, untitled, self titled, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And so they end up doing the rest of the record in some studios and stuff. So that's why there are like five or six studios credited on, on the back of this album because you know, they did most of it at that house. And it's also the first one where they did like the other ones were more like they got together, they wrote the songs and then they went in the studio and recorded them. This is like, they basically wrote and recorded that whole album at that house. They didn't have like demos and they didn't have stuff fleshed out. You're right. It was like Mark writing something or them like hammering out a song and burning out on it or realizing there's a good idea there. Um, I also think it's clearly the first time that like Travis is like giving them ideas that they're building songs on. I don't yes. think that was happening before. So this that was
2: that was a that was another thing. So Travis is touring with the Transplants, and so what from from what what this uh, very reliable source that I'm reading tells me, uh, basically. <laughs> He, he would lay down drum tracks, drum parts, and then they would build songs on them. And also, I mean, I think that you've got Boxcar Racer that happened between this record and the last and Travis joining the transplant. So I think there's just some like, I, I don't know, like obviously some weird tension, but maybe even like a desire to try things creatively, th- things a little differently than before. But man, um I hate that I can't help but think that this was kind of the beginning of the end of this version of Blink 182, but I also freaking love what they gave us, you know. So whatever whatever it yeah. was,
0: it's it's like bittersweet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird kind of juxtaposition there, because you're right, without the without that time. And kind of that creative environment or whatever that they created, even though some of that it was the chaos of it. Some of it was the fact that, yeah, they had like four or five bands between the three of them, basically. Because what was plus 44 a thing yet? Or was that after this record? After. Okay. So Boxcar Racer, Transplants, Blink-182 are all, all happened between 2001 and 2003. I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? I mean, that's a lot of stuff that people are juggling, not to mention their, like basically the most famous band at the time. So they're also busy with other stuff and they've got clothing lines and all sorts of stuff. So some of that chaos ended up, you're right. Travis laying down some kind of loops and stuff that they write great songs to. And then he comes back and does the drums later. Um, I don't know. It ended up being a really cool thing that I don't think you can recreate. Like it's like, you know, you can't, you couldn't put that, can't get that magic again like i I don't think you can recreate it because like it's just about that time and place and they in you know there's not a form i think they've tried to do it since as far as like they still do some of that stuff they get in studio they write stuff you can be in remote different places but i know the one that came after this they were literally all three in different places like none of them were ever in the same room and you
2: can and you can hear it dude i'm telling you you, like that what sucks about that one is there's no cohesion uh because they're not ever together and like it, it, at least on this one they were still like they had that chemistry they'd been touring non-stop they were constantly around one another so it kind of worked because they were on the same wavelength there are a few songs that I enjoy on neighborhoods but like all I hear is the distance between all of those dudes when I listen
0: to that record so yeah yeah, the the feeling's not there No, well,
1: uh, to, just to go back to your the, the short discussion about like the other bands but like okay so let's say like the three of us were in a band and Kyle went off and said, Oh, I'm going to do my own thing. And then like, as he was working on that project, he was like, Hey Blake, you want to come play guitar on this? Actually? (laughs) Like I would literally hate you guys with every fiber of my being. Like I, that's just so it had to be very tense even oh, like after we after you after the three of us would have made up there'd still
2: be like this this is totally mark this is totally different than blink 182 this is yeah. me and Travis <laughs> yeah blink 182 is me you and Travis and so right. it's totally different and and it's perfect it's so different from what we're doing that's why we don't want you in this right
0: <laughs> yeah i can see why that was a a, a thing that never really I don't think they ever recovered from was him doing that. Like tough you, pill to you, swallow. But you got to wonder: is it just because Travis played on it, or is it was because, it, like, would it have mattered? Well, Tom's I mean, in an
1: awkward spot. You know, he's making a record. He's like,
2: "Hey, I know the best drummer in the world. Should we?
1: <laughs> should we? Should, should get I call him? him?
2: <laughs> or, or even the other way around? Like, uh, you know, best drummer in the world wants to play on it. It's like, <laughs> yeah,
1: <sighs> who might have turned him down?
2: Travis, let me ask you something. Do you, you know? Think I think that Mark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Might be offended I think about it all the time with like Tom Petty records like that Because he's got two solo records that essentially have every heartbreaker but one guy on it <laughs> and, and you're like Wait, was he
1: oh. the
0: drummer, though? Yeah, was Stan, the drummer, yeah. The, the they k- was, they like, kicked that, him out, yeah. Guy,
1: that guy was not a nice guy, right?
0: I mean, it, it was, well, I mean, it was just, it was the end of it. I mean, it was, he wasn't a, he wasn't the drummer in the band anymore once they, but like, he wasn't kicked out when he started recording that record, which I think was probably the last kind yeah. of straw. But, you know, but yeah, you can see why you're, you'd are you be hurt if it's like, well, Mike's on it. Oh, yeah, Benmont's on it. Oh, yeah, Howie's on it. Like... Like the whole rest of the bands on it, but you're not. And you're like, but it's no, it's because it's a solo record. Like what is it? It's boxcar racer. It's different. I can see why there'd be some serious. You're right, Chris. I mean, I can see that why there'd be tension. I'd be mad too. I mean, like, how could you not have your feelings hurt? You know, Um, (laughs) I don't think it's possible. I
2: think like, I'm sorry. I I can't help, but hear. uh, where either you fly to the Concords fans.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hurt
2: feelings. That's all. Yeah. I I got, Her feelings.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that Fly of the Concord is a fantastic, uh, fantastic show. Um, So I I, I was going to say
2: it does say, like, that uh, we were talking about, yeah, put it, excuse me, we were talking about how quickly the record came out after production ended. And it does go on to say that basically they were calling Geffen, they kept missing their release dates. And and (laughs) there's something, I feel like I remember that. Like, I remember it being promised at this time and just it continuing. Like, they were Kanye before Kanye was Kanye. And, <laughs> and like, they, anyway, they kept missing it. And it said that, like, they ba- it basically got to a point where they were calling the president of Geffen and saying, Hey, when is the last absolute moment that we can turn these mixes in to I've production? Done that. And, <laughs> and what's funny is not to
0: a label, just to myself.
2: It says, um, Uh, It goes on to say that, like, uh, you know, Mark and Tom say that it was crazy stressful and everyone's stressed out. And Travis says that um, he considers it his favorite time in the band's history. He says, it was a good time in my life. I was smoking just enough weed and taking just enough pills.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and and not almost dying in fiery airplane and, crashes. Yeah, not so, dying in plane crashes. Thanks, um, the balance for him, dude. I mean, I, the thing about that. I mean, I guarantee Geffen did not want to release this at the end of November. I mean, who, no, no one's right. trying to re- release records then, especially. I don't think it's an accident that both their other albums released in like May. You know, like now that's the golden like,
1: time for this kind uh, of music. This it's, kind of music and right stuff, when, and so
0: right when school's getting out. I guarantee they were like November eighteenth is the last day we can. I mean, I, I, you don't want to get into Christmas time. I mean, you know, and they're not going to delay it till the next, you know, December and January, basically a wash. So yeah, I yeah, they must have. I guarantee the label was sweating. They were like, "What have we gotten ourselves Listen, into?" Listen, fellows, we need to sell some records. But it is also crazy to me that it's like it was still just two years from the yeah. one before it. Well, and and, and
2: and and a boxcar racer record came out in between yeah. then, and, and no a freaking one... transplant record
0: who the heck is putting out records every two years now? I mean, it's just not very None. often that that's the case. And so, um, so it's interesting. I mean, they get they definitely, um, and, and let's talk about too, the fact that it's like 14 tracks. It's not even like they went for it. They didn't just put 10 yeah. on this thing, man. They put 14 tracks on it. Um, which I think is pretty cool. Well, let's talk about, I mean, if you don't have any like other tidbits of information, man, let's get um, into it. Let's get into it. Let's talk about first impressions. So, Obviously, we were all really excited about this album coming out. We were already all big blink two fans, and this was probably one of the more anticipated albums of that period of time uh but what were your first impressions if you can remember them Chris?
1: uh I was just confused <laughs> I, I, because it was it, it was like my reptile brain and my emotional brain were fighting you know to decide like is this good? yes. Is it what I was expecting? No, to, and it, but like I liked it, but I was also just like so blown away by it. I'm I'm trying. I know like, I know this podcast is about us being fans of music. So sometimes I feel like we we get a you know delve a little into hyperbole, like best, greatest. You know we talk a yeah. lot about things that we really, really, really like. That's the whole point. But yeah. We're talking, you know, we're, talk- you know we- we're talking about this record. This record is like the record of that era. I mean, it was uh, absolutely incredible to hear these guys that had been making, um, you know, fart jokes and you know jokes about sleeping with people and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and I mean, just two years ago, I'd seen them at the state fair, and you know their banter and everything. that was the best part about going to bleak. That was most the reason you went to a show. But also that show was the first time I, I I have a very vivid memory of them opening up with rock show and me looking over and seeing teenage girls like jump up and down. And I was like, what is happening here? Like, this is like my band. Like this is like a punk rock band. I didn't know they they're like in the Beatles territory here with these little girls going crazy. Yeah. Um, And then they jumped over to this, um, they didn't have to do this record. Like they could have just phoned it in, done the, the classic. Um, I don't know. So I'm all over the place with that I answer, but, I'm, but, but I feel like that's the perfect representation of my feelings at the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, Kyle, you go first. What, what were your first impressions? He of, can't of go first. Record? I went first. Well, I, I mean, I was like, before, <laughs> before me, before I was going to say what I was going to say, Kyle, you say what you're going to say. I- so I, I'm
2: with my birthday buddy. I was stunned. Like I, I didn't know what to think. And actually Blake, I have a vivid memory of like 2003, I guess it must've been my space, but like you had made a comment and I called you. Like I, I remember calling you on the phone. <laughs> I do not remember this. We talked because I was, I was driving around listening to it. And I was like, dude, I don't. I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I don't know what to think of this. Do you remember what my comment was? Was mine positive or negative? Do you know what I said? I think, I think that you had like listened enough that you were like, no, I, I think I'm digging this. You know, like I think I, 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 I feel like you're the person that was like, talked me off the ledge of like, no man, like keep going. It gets better. Um, That sounds right. Like I know exactly where I was and I'm not going to say because that's kind of weird and <laughs> I was driving close to Wiley Post Airport. I'll say that. Okay. And like I I distinctly remember like people on MySpace were talking about it and you shared an opinion and I called you and I was like, "Yeah, what? What are they doing, man?" Like it it actually kind of I think it actually kind of scared me because I played in a band that was similar to them. And it was like, "Do I have to do this? <laughs> like, do I have to like,
0: But this, don't you think that, like, Blink Away 2... Uh, okay, well, okay, so yeah, you're right. Okay, I get you. I, I think I remember my first impression loving it. Like, I don't remember... Yeah. I remember some of the stuff weirding me out a little bit. I mean, certainly some of And that may have been... What, honestly,
2: stuff, Blake, that may have been why I called you. Maybe you, you were saying was, how yeah. much you loved it, and I was like, dude, what's going on? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, it's one of those weird things where it's so hard for a band to evolve without abandoning everything that they did before. And the best, I mean, so they kind of, you know, they did in of the State, which was obviously a big leap from the one before it. And Pretty then they do take off your pants and jacket. And that's really just in of the State part two, part two. with totally. even better production. Mm-hmm. And then they were smart enough to know they can't make that album three times in a row and I'm sure they could have done it and it would have been great, but it also would have ended. That would have been it for them. And maybe it sort of ends up not being it for them. They make more records, but it does kind of become the last of the three of them do Uh, really, in my opinion, sort of. Um, But uh, so they're just a step ahead and you're right. It kind of made every punk pop band go like, well, uh, 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 what, you know? And, some of them kind of went, oh, okay, we can do something outside of that or whatever. So, I mean, it really opened the door for, and then they're, they keep doing that. I mean, like, and the best bands always do. They are, they're always a step ahead of like, yeah, making the same record mistake kind of thing. So, I think that's probably why I liked it so much at first is just because I realized that like you couldn't make that record three times in a row. Paramore the same thing. You can't make, you, yep. their self titled one ends up being like something that people kind of go, What? But like, you, it's like, What? You want just the? and I think Mark Office actually, I saw he tweeted something like that when that record came out. And he was like, We well, just want to make the same record over and over again. Like, it was yeah. like, No, this is a band evolving. It's cool. Um, to me, it kind of felt like they were, this is such a bad comparison. I'm not saying they are like the Beatles, but it was kind of like when the Beatles decided they weren't going to tour anymore and they were like, Hey, we can kind of like, that kind of really opens up some things we can do on the record. We're going to make records for making records. It felt like this record was like, yeah, are like, Oh, we can spend some time on this. We can do some stuff that like we like the drum sounds is a great example. It's like travel. You got the best drummer in the world. And the other two records, you basically, he cut his tracks in eight hours and you didn't really get different sounds. You didn't really experiment with any kind of different stuff. This one has so much cool drum sounds on it. Like yeah. you got oh, the yeah. best drummer in the world. Why not spend some time doing well, they- some cool stuff?
1: Yeah, they pretty much on, uh, take off and jacket and probably end of the state too. like pretty much straight standard guitar sounds clean and dirty. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they
0: do a few little phasey things and stuff, stuff like that. And and to be fair, that's also Tom opening up with that kind of stuff. I I remember reading an interview with Tom where he was like, I believe you plug your guitar straight into your amp. Like there's no, it's just your clean channel and your dirty channel. That was his philosophy. I'm sure Jerry Finn dragged him kicking and screaming to even put like the chorus pedal and stuff like in the phaser on in of the state. But this one, he's like, oh, wait, actually, there's some cool stuff that I can do with these kind of things. And I can do acoustic guitars and I can do, you know, uh, there's just all sorts of cool stuff that they basically said. Why not try something? It seems like that was more part of that. They had the time and budget, obviously, to do so. So I loved it. I love the production. I, I I remember specifically this album makes me feel like I'm cold because it came out a in November and b yep. my car did not have a heater <laughs> and so or like the fan didn't work. It's not oh, that the wait, heater didn't this work. Is this the Mercedes? The Mercedes, yeah. Oh yeah. And those seats were so leathery oh, and cold. leathery and cold. And so <laughs> I remember that. I, did, I was dating this girl that lived in Edmond, and like so I got it, and like I would put it. I mean, it was just in rotation driving back and forth from Edmond, but like you had to get. I had to get on the highway for the heat to kind of start seeping out of the vents a little bit. So this, like the first three tracks of this record just make me feel frigid because I was just in the dead of winter and driving with no heat, like just trying like, you know, gripping the wheel shivering until the heat started seeping out. So this album still makes me feel like I'm cold. So yeah, I I just, I thought it was, you know, it was a good grow, good growing up album. Yeah. Yeah. I,
2: I I think also for,
0: and, and you guys feel free
2: to like correct me and, and point me in, a, in the direction of other records. But I think at least in like pop culture, just for in view of everyone, I think this is the first time that I, th- I heard a band like when this record came out and they talked about it, say things like, well, we liked this music and we liked this music. And so we wanted to try some of those things yeah. like actually like, you know, cre- I mean, I, I d I don't know, like kind of creating a fusion of of all the things that they liked and still their sound. And and like also, I think without this record, we don't you don't include uh Blink one eighty two in, in a list of emo bands, you know?
0: Oh yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That's true. Yep. So I think you're right. Well said. Um, well, should we go to track by track discussion? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Let's go to the first track, uh, Feeling This, uh, the aforementioned track that Chris bought, the Madden game, just so he could hear the whole thing. Here we go, Feeling This. backwards kyle i forgot tom did the verse and and mark did the chorus but yeah, yeah same same idea uh kyle what are your thoughts on feeling this
2: i mean even now like just hearing those drums and that guitar part every single time i hear it i think that is awesome um and and i i actually showed this record uh a couple weeks back to my oldest is 11 and I showed him the edited <laughs> uh, on I on on Apple Music there's edited and and like I turned it on and and he's a very literal kid and so I'm like the very first thing I'm like what it, so what do you think like what what's your first vibe and he's like it's cool and I'm like yeah it is cool like <laughs> it, I mean I don't know that there's a better word for it that just is freaking cool and and I could talk on and on about how awesome it is i i I love it um uh, but I guess because we've got a whole record to do, I'll say that my favorite one of my favorite things about Tom Delong is the way that he changes words to make them fit into songs <laughs> um, <laughs> and so uh, at the end when he's singing uh, are we a- alone? Do you feel it is what he's saying are you a- are are we alone? Do you feel it? Do you do you feel it? And uh, you, and uh, do you, he does the same thing. Like on, I remember, take off your pants and jacket. Everything has fallen to pieces. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta really crunch a word. Sometimes he, you gotta make it longer. You know. He, he, my my uh, my buddy Benji is always talking about he and he's right. He is the master of like, you don't even think about it until someone mentions it. You're like, yeah, he he did. Bend that word to his will. Right. Like, that speaks to his,
1: uh, his master of wordsmithing is that you don't even like really notice it. You just accept that that's how that
0: word's pronounced going yeah, forward. That's, that's, that's how a, we're going to say it, guys. There's such a difference in songwriting, though, because like he clearly had something he exactly wanted to say and he's trying to fit it in the song. And so many other people are just like, I've got this many syllables. What am I going to say? And just make <laughs> some, like, you know, I feel like that's half of what most people do is just like, uh, well, I knew it had to be five syllables. And so I found a phrase that worked for five. Five syllables uh chris thoughts on um you know buying madden to hear feeling this
1: <laughs> well you know um aside from still just being like confused when i heard it for the first time um i knew i loved it but this um part of me was still having trouble accepting the verse and the chorus um like initially because the the the, the verse is so interesting the way he's like like sing talking some mm-hmm. rapping but whatever yeah. it is it's you know it's not it wasn't you know, it was what? different yeah, done it that. was different he done that. um and then mark's chorus you know the first time is it's like really low and chill and doesn't really you know blink two songs especially the singles were always like big chorus super exciting you know um but then at the end. When they start yeah. layering everything, they, yeah. they like it's like they've been introducing characters the whole time and then like an ensemble comes out for a bow at the end. And uh I seriously, like, how can you not get goosebumps at that ending part, you know, mm-hmm. where they all all the different layers are going and um it, it I remember just like by the time I heard the end of the song, I always wanted to listen to it just so I could get back to the end yeah. so I could hear it again,
0: because it was so great. That's I that's, love, that's I the love te- their voices together.
2: Oh, me too. And that's a sign of a great song, Chris. Like when it ends and you want to start it again, then they've done their job. You know what I mean? Very like, true. Very uh, true. I, I I would be I would I would regret it if
0: I didn't mention the cowbell. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, dude. There's uh, just like I just every time I hear Travis Barker play drums, I go, "What would have happened on this song if anyone else would have played drums on it?" And this is one of those songs where it's like, it just probably would have been boring, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's not that it would have been a bad song. It just would have been, like, 100% less interesting. Yeah, And And um, he's, I mean, it's a great intro to the album that, I mean, just, yeah. He's, we can't sing his praises enough. Like, he uh, just, he makes this whole album. He makes this whole song, for sure. Um, so great opening track though really mm-hmm. good yes kind of sets the stage I feel like it just has enough of the old Blink-182 and a little hint of maybe what's to come to not scare everyone off it's a good first single I think they knew they kind of had to have one that was kind of yeah. a little more uh, really until you get to that end part the rest of this could be a normal-ish Blink-182 a- song you know until all the vo- you know, stacked vocals and stuff it's not too crazy but uh, then we go to the track two obvious here we go Chris, what are your thoughts on obvious?
1: I mean, that, what is it? Like some Mongolian bell or something in the, uh, in the pre-chorus, you know, that, what is that? It's a,
0: this is a great time to talk about this. So the, oh, well, you've got info. <laughs> go for it. Well, I have some info. Oh, yeah. So here's, what's weird. They don't really talk about who all plays all the other stuff on this album. Um, the basically, okay, here's the, here's the obviously bass and vocals, Mark and guitar and vocals, Tom and drums, Travis, um, Travis Landon Barker, all three names, um, keyboards, Roger Joseph Manning Jr. And then really the rest of it is like, Oh, we've got, you know, obviously Robert Smith is on our track keyboards on all of this by John Moracle, additional instrumentation on violence and obvious by Ken Andrews. So Ken Andrews also, uh, produced the Everglow by Mm. May He mixes a whole bunch of records and stuff too. Um, Yeah. So Ken Andrews, uh, he's like, I guess he's an artist, plays guitar. So anyway, he did some additional instrumentation on this record. And then like, that's it. I mean, (laughs) so I'm guessing most of that is this Roger Joseph Manning Jr. guy doing keyboards and alternate bells because there's all sorts of stuff that's not just keyboards. I mean, maybe it was just keyboards, but some of this stuff sounds like like they really went and got those bells or whatever. I don't know. It's hard to tell. but so I don't know exactly what tracks who played on what. Um, but, and I, I assume Jerry Finn did some stuff too, but it doesn't say he did, but I know Jerry Finn, yeah. I think did the piano and stuff on their other albums when like the organ. I think he did. I could be wrong about that. Yeah.
2: But, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So
0: I'm sure he did some of that stuff. It doesn't say he did, but, um, yeah, so that
1: that stuck out as a sort th- like a sore thumb to me when I first heard it. That's when I was like, because you already got the cowbell from the first song, the dunk dunk thing, and yeah, and now you've got this. I'm like, okay, so these guys are like really pulling, you know, opening they're really up. All, stuff. They're going through like all the closets at the studios, like,
0: hmm, could we? Because we put this on there, yeah.
1: But that's what made made it so cool was I think Kyle or maybe Blake, I, I can't remember who said like the old and, and the new. They were always kind of marrying these two versions of themselves. Um, because that, that the the extra you played obviously is just like a full going for it rock and roll like punk right. rock travis blazing away at the drums um but yet it had this like soft interlude for the um, verses
0: kyle what thought them obvious
2: oh i love it and the, and i i especially love i love the little musical interlude that was right before that clip the like weird oh, yeah. noise and uh, and just, then that the guitar uh, that minor yes. guitar chord so freaking awesome. I love second track and and what's weird is Chris. I am so with you on like I was torn on this thing when I first heard it. I was actually I think I was sad. I was sad that they sounded so different and and like I cannot separate Lots of emotions. Well, the thing is like when I listen to it now, I can't listen. I can't listen to it with those new ears. You know what I mean? Right. Because I love it so much now. So it's it's tough because I don't, you know, I know that it was just because it was new and different, but man, it was it was tough at first, but I listen to it now and I can't I can't not love it. It's just freaking awesome.
0: I wonder, yeah, that is a weird thing. I always do wish I could go back and hear something for the first time again. I know that sounds weird, but like especially from the like um I saw a great tweet one time or something that was like I'm just sad my kids never gonna have the magic of hearing Where the Streets Have No Name on the radio for the first time. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> you know like that there's just you know you can't get that back once you hear a record for the first time or even even just that first period of time, not even just the very first time, but before you're like analyzing every little thing and picking every instrument out and all that kind of stuff and Anyway, yeah, it is one. I, I'm really curious if I'm fooling myself into thinking that I loved it from the get-go, but I don't ever... I remember there was some stuff that weirded me out for sure where I was like, "Well, this is different, but it never turned me off, if that makes sense. I don't feel well, like so. Uh, I think that... Would you say it turned you on, Blake? Sure. Yeah, I think it <laughs> well, did. I was me... freezing, <laughs> freezing me... in the car, getting turned on.
1: So one thing about me and Blake's friendship was that Blake introduced me to a lot of rock and roll bands... Um, and more conventional pop music, I think. And I think what, the way you answer this is very interesting because me and Kyle were like punk rock guys. Like we right. list to Green Day, Descendants, you know, No Effects. You know, so th- I think that's why our brains were having trouble processing this is because like we. I, I am kind of speaking for Kyle here, but no, I'm no, to i no, no, I think is, that's probably some differences in, in, in the type of music that we we I listen right. to. So I think that makes it, sense. It was, uh, I think it was a little harder for me and him to digest because of that. And for you, it was like, oh, this is just like the stuff, you know, that I've always liked. And you know, because like Blake introduced me to Third Eye Blind again, um, for example, and, and you know, even when he played me that record, like it, uh, Out of the Veins, one of the great, one of my favorite records now. But even the first time I heard it, it was the same kind of feeling. I was like, I like this, but do I want to like this? Like, it was- yeah, I've never, I've never
0: believed in guilty pleasures. I've always just believed in like, whatever, if I like it, yep. I like it. And so you're probably right. You guys were clinging a little bit more to like, Oh, but these guys were a punk rock band and now they've got sad, slow songs. I can get that. So. Well, and we
2: also share a soul. We were born on the same day.
0: That's yep. true. That's true. true. Um, Well, let's go to I Miss You, which was the second single, right? I think it was the second single. It was a single for sure, a huge one. So here's I Miss You. Mark coming in with that baritone because he's good at it. I like it. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on I Miss You?
2: Uh, I did want to confirm second single released February 3rd, 04. Um, it's freaking awesome. I mean, this is one of those episodes where I'm just going to be like, oh, it's really good. <laughs> 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 I just love it. Um, it, it. And this one is so different. And Chris, you, you started it. You said that like with each song, they're adding something new. This one definitely those little bell chimes, you know, like... They're just, they've, they've got all the ear candy on this and it's, this one's interesting because it's, it's, uh, it's very simplified compared to what else they're doing. But like, it's still full of like those little, those little air, ear candies. And, um, I love it. And, and, uh, I mean, I'll probably get sentiment, more sentimental as this goes along, but like, this is the end to me of them, of their voices together and sounding this good. Yeah. and it is so good and it is so sad that we that this is it. I mean it's yeah. so it's so good that they went out on such a high note but it's also just such a freaking bummer.
0: Yeah, it really is like it I I do I, there's not very many I I mean I think blink 2 is a huge reason why I like when two people are in a band and, and sing harmony against each other and stuff. I just I think it works better than like one person stacking their vocals on top of themselves over and yeah. over again. And not that they don't also do that. There are songs where it's just a, you know Mark doing his own harmony makes more sense. Uh but god, I love the like him doing the verse low and then Tom comes in and does his verse and it's the octave higher and it's just got they both got their own flavors and it's just I don't mm-hmm. know, it's cool and I love the kind of call an answer thing and then singing on top of each other that happens all over this album. I love it. And it it makes me yeah super sad. Cause I think from then on, it kind of felt like this is a Mark song. This is a Tom song. Yeah. It's kind of the last one that felt like it was both of them. Um, and all three of them really. Cause trap, you know, this song doesn't happen without that loop for sure. It's a cool only loop on the record. Um, everything else was legit, but this one was actually like a little brushes loop or whatever. And, and then the acoustic guitar and I think it's an acoustic bass too. Yeah. Um cool sound without being like the token acoustic song, if that makes sense. Like yeah. you know, it's no, not no, just like, oh chord. I'm gonna strum the acoustic. Yeah, uh, it's like a Dan co- Dan it's Dan really Dan. cool. I mean it's really cool. And it's as good right now as it was the first time I heard it, honestly. Like it's only gotten better. Uh Chris, what are your thoughts on, on I, think, I miss you? I
1: think the seven chords played by
0: the let's call it
1: the string section. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure what yeah. instruments are there in the chorus. I think though, I, I don't know how they decided to land on how those notes like build up and, um, you know, go up the, up the scale. But uh, I, I, I don't know. It just made it like this incredible, beautiful piece of music. And this song, dude, this song gets me emotional. Cause like it's called, I miss you. It's like peak blink 182, And every time I hear it, I think back to the night, that I heard that they broke up. I remember.
0: Uh, like, I remember it too. Yeah. Uh. I remember
1: like Dave Navarro, I think was on MTV and he was like being interviewed and he's like, I think Blake Two just broke up in their tent. And like, when I hear this song, I think of that night and I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I cried a little. I was like super upset. I was very, very heartbroken. I loved this band and I did too. You know, I played. I, I was also sh- like 24. So like, it seemed like the biggest thing that ever happened, but. I played I a solo show like. Get
0: back <laughs> I played a show a solo show like that week and did a Blink 2 cover because I was like so bummed about yeah. them yeah. being done. What'd you uh, play? I played "Windy Clear," I think. Oh, yeah. good choice. Yeah, yeah, good one. Um,
1: you guys go <laughs> go back and listen to the podcast on Animal of the State." We talked about "Windy
2: Clear." We, we didn't did talk about you I won't tell you my opinion of it. You'll have to go there. <laughs> Crap um, sandwich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the other, uh yeah, I mean, I, I bet all those string parts are just keyboard sample kind of stuff would be my guess, is that same guy did all that stuff, too. But you're right, it's it's really it great. It almost sounds
1: like a brass section, sort of. I don't, I don't know what the extra instrument
0: is. I just think it's perfect. I don't either, yeah. And it, I love it. it. It is great. It's, it's a good song. And, I mean, it's uh, a freaking Sacred uh, it's Heart song, a, too,
2: right? What huh? was that? Is it a Sacred Heart song, too? Oh, I
0: think it could be, yeah. yeah. Although... Well, I'll have to think about that okay. a little bit. I forgot right. to think about Sacred Heart, just, but that's certainly in the that running. Uh, and verses about uh, I love songs about movies too, and this one's yeah. about Nightmare mm-hmm. Before Christmas. It's yeah. my favorite thing when people write a song. This song was written from, from Blake. Blake. Like it was almost like they had him. I in love. Mind. Yeah, I love Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas. I love Blinkway Two. You write Blinkway Two writing a song about Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm, I'm all in. So if they just would have had Tim Burton direct the video, that would have been even better. But uh guess they didn't think about that. So, anyway or made probably just cost too much at that point. Yeah, I was just like probably thought about it. <laughs> they blew their I mean, budget they, on they, Robert Smith. They probably could have uh paid for that. Okay, let's go to violence. And- Kyle, what are your thoughts on violence? The song, not just violence in general. It's violence bad. is bad. I'm a fan. <laughs> um, I, I get my way with it. I like that. <laughs> it's
2: it's excellent. Um, it does one of my very favorite things uh, that doesn't happen enough, and that it's got a it's got a low harmony in that verse, and I f- oh, I love a low harmony, um, and uh, yeah. I, I love it. I love I love everything about it.
0: I obviously picked the bridge because I love that transition of the cool, echoey delay stuff on the vocals, really sparse, and then it just kicks back into high gear, like without any ramp up whatsoever. <laughs> it's just like vocal delay and then boom, we're back in. Um and it also is like another flavor of Travis that we get with like, you know, a little more almost jazzy-ish kind of clicking on everything and i love it it's really cool chris what are your thoughts on violence careful yeah, what you the- say i'm gonna clip it and get you canceled if you say violence is excellent like kyle did i'm gonna cancel kyle too oh, oh
2: man
1: no. <laughs> <You'd> do that <laughs> i'm just um, kidding
0: you're fine you're safe with me you uncancel-
1: can't cancel uh, a podcast right though because we just allowed to just put it up there if we want
0: I think they threaten our lives, is what happens next. Oh, they
1: dox us? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Don't dox me. I only
0: know from that time I accidentally, people thought I was murdering giraffes on oh, Twitter yeah. last nice. year. It was fun. Uh, story you for another thought you podcast. were the owner
2: of Jimmy John's.
1: <laughs> Blakey Blakes. Speedy <laughs> Fest. <laughs> Mammiches. Eat uh, the and kill it. Killed, go on. Get that I hate giraffes. Don't come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the, okay. verse of, the verse of this song is so freaking weird, man And I totally did not dig it when I first heard it Like, It <laughs> bummed me out I, I This was like, okay, I've listened to the record I'm kind of liking it Then I'm like, ah, I don't know, you guys um, Totally, uh, obviously, uh, we have a whole th- moment for this But yeah, this one's grown on me in, in a very unique way Because now that I hear it, I'm like Man, I'm just so happy you guys just went for it Just like told your truth and just spoke your soul And like, this is what came out it's beautiful. I love it. Wow. I I,
0: I, I I get you on that. I feel this. I probably felt the same way about the verses, but I think the connection between how he's doing it on feeling this and on this one, it's like, okay, this is like kind of a thing. It's not yeah. completely out of left field because we have the oh. feeling this, but yeah, I'm with you. It's like, it's something I could never do for sure. I mean, that, like I, 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 I think, but yeah.
1: yeah, as somebody who like, plays an artist on TV. I think that was the other thing for me too. was like, man, I can't imagine having that idea, putting it on tape, going for it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then it like coming out, like really, and it working really, really cool. Yeah. 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 Executing with, with that, with that freaking awesome guitar riff, like ah, so badass. Again,
0: um, another thing we do on the podcast all the time is like, imagine if Kyle oh. came to us and was like, <laughs> <Six> <laughs> hey, I'm going go to, <laughs> like,
1: oh, I'm
0: going to talk, <laughs> sing on this. And I'd be like, Kyle, no, you're not, you're not going to talk, <laughs> sing on this.
1: Wait, how, you're a guitar player Blake. How how does that guitar sound happen? I I, I was listening to it again. I was like how do, how it's got kind of like the weird
0: I like think he's literally I think he's literally bending it. Bending. I think he's also yeah. got an effect on it at certain points. How do you points? bend like,
1: it that fast? Your fingers would have to be going like this would not be easy to play is what I'm asking,
0: right? If you have light strings, you probably do light strings and you probably, okay. or I mean, honestly, the other thing you could do is potentially have two different, like one person picking and one person, one person bending. doing the thing. Cause the bending yeah. is happening in a okay. different rhythm than the other stuff is. It's a little more sporadic. Now by the end, it's actually some sort of effect like a tape delay kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. like pulling it down uh, when it goes into the talky bit uh, that is on this track. On the CD, on the original release, on the record, and I mean on the record, and on Spotify, they've now split it into its own little track with yeah. the talky thing where he, the the lady's reading the letter from oh his yeah grandpa. I noticed
1: that uh, the they call it the Stockholm Syndrome interlude now right which I think mm. the
0: main reason why honestly is because on the on vinyl you've got a split on the side anyway so that's why they split it essentially but on. Obviously, the CD back then it's all one long thing. So I th- I'm, I'm guessing that that's what happened. Is that anyway? It's you, it's you its guys, own thing on Spotify now. You guys have
2: talked about how that's bullcrap, and I wasn't on board before, and now I am because that is what? Bull crap Doing a like the string and yeah, it it is bullcrap. And here's why: because like, <laughs> have some freaking patience. It's part. It was it was the original intent. It's part of the song. If you want to listen to the song, then get through the freaking beginning, you
0: know? Yeah. Or the end Well, was the end in this case. Yeah. 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 That's true. Um, yeah. I, you know, I get that why people do it because everything's playlist based now, but it doesn't make me sad as a guy that likes albums. Um, now the exception to that is that I, I do sort of hate when something has like two minutes of silence at the end of it and I can't cut it out and put it on a playlist because it's like whatever before the secret track or something. But yeah, Uh, So, yeah, in this case, that the reason we're not going to do that track, because it's a track on Spotify. It wasn't a track on the original one. So we're not doing the talky bit that comes after it. But uh, it's a cool little again. You're like, what is happening? This lady is reading some letter uh, from World War (laughs) Two. And it's kind of weird, but. And I think I was definitely a little bit like, okay, that was the point in the record for me. The other stuff that you've talked about, Chris, had not gotten me yet. And then all of a sudden I'm like, there's this piano interlude with a lady reading a letter and I'm not sure what's going on. Um wait but,
2: a minute. So, so I'm pr- Yeah. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure that this is actually a letter from Tom DeLong's grandfather being it read. Is. Yeah, yeah, that's I cool. So, I don't think I it knew is. that. Yeah, he he wrote it uh, while he was he was in the war, like in Germany or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: In World oh, that's. War
1: that's interesting.
0: Makes yeah.
2: it cooler, right? Does he?
1: Does oh, sorry. He, he's got military in his family, right? Isn't it like his brother in the navy or something, or was? Well, space
2: space I mean, he. i I was gonna say he also knows a lot about space. Yeah, he does know a lot about. I kind of said I. I threw that one right over the plate, didn't
1: I?
0: <laughs> 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 just lobbed it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm
1: throwing a strike, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, it's actually Mark. The beginning of this song has letters that my grandfather wrote to my grandmother during World War II. Oh, I um, forgot
1: that they put all this effort and notes. work into the liner notes,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually wrote all these stuff, these things about like the little making of and little tidbits about the song and stuff, and That's so uh, cool, so yeah, it is pretty cool. A lost um, art. Pretty also, cool the artwork thing,
2: yeah. is iconic to me that, for this record. Just so killer. Oh man, have you seen that craze on
1: Reddit where people put this logo and then put uh, uh, what's the line from "What's My Age Again"? No one likes you when you're 23. Is that it? Yeah. No. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and I then, get so
1: yeah. mad. I'm like, that logo to me is like not part. Like that song and that logo are ah, two different well, but, things. but two to eras. be fair,
0: this became their band's logo essentially.
1: I know, but like to me, like. You know, if you're saying if you're singing "What's My Age Again Lyrics," we're, we got a yeah. rabbit with a chain wallet. That's what yep. we're thinking.
0: Yeah, but yeah. this became more synonymous with the band for sure, and um, it deserved to be. Oh yeah, I, it's an awesome logo. It's it oh yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's perfect in all the ways that a logo should be. Uh, so let's go to actual Stockholm, Stockholm. syndrome. Here we go. some fun facts about this song. It's Mark's favorite song on the record. According to the liner notes, Um, this is a perfect example of a song where they're actually using, you know, doing some fun stuff with Travis instead of just having to lay down Mm. stuff. So I guess they did the drums in a small room of the house using old 1950s microphones. So that's why it sounds kind of old and not crappy. That's not the right word, but lo-fi kind of thing. But then the chorus drums were recorded in the main tracking room, and then he recorded the fills separately with the tape machine sped up and super compressed. Be the We're still oh, on wow. tape at this point, by the way, in 2003. So when they played back at normal speed, they sounded really deep and gigantic, and then the reverb on the vocals was created by playing them into a shower. So this is kind of the fun part about recording in a house. It's like not the normal perfect recording spaces that you have at these other studios where everything is this perfectly tuned room. They're literally going like, well, let's go do this in the bathroom, or let's... Yeah do this in the hallway and set up a mic 30 feet away from it. And that's what the vocals are on feeling this when that, that chorus where he sings really far away, they literally like he's in a room and the mic's four, 50 feet away from him. And he's yelling him into the mic. It sounds awesome. It sounds so cool. And you can't, um, doing that live and capturing that to tape is way better than trying to like affect it later or have some idea. And so, gosh, you can just hear that they're doing, they're trying everything, which is mm-hmm. awesome. I think. And this is a great example of a song where they're, Doing that, love the dual vocal. Have to get that out there. Uh, but guys, what are your thoughts on Stockholm Syndrome? I mean, these guys are...
1: This is pure brilliance. Sorry, I can't say that word. <laughs> this is pure brilliance. This song is an absolute masterpiece. Everything about it. Um, the Just even right down to the very small like detail of like whatever the crap he's playing in the verse drum wise that doesn't <laughs> it doesn't seem to make mathematical sense. No, it doesn't. Like and and I just I, I still to this day like I will sit there and try to like like what is he do? Because it doesn't feel like what you should play on this song. Um and then the the call and answer another moment where I'm like Okay, so Mark, you're gonna be singing soft, and I'm just gonna be like, ah, and just yell things in the middle of your purse, and it's so perfect. Uh, this was always my favorite <laughs> song on the record, by the way. It's a so good song, I, I, yeah. I
2: agree with Mark on there. Um, Kyle, Kyle were you at on yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, I want to hear Kyle's opinion about. on this song. I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm in the same I'm in the same place. I was gonna say that like. My favorite thing is that if you focus on Travis and only tra- if you focus your ears on Travis during those verses, like you can convince yourself that like it's not in time with the song, but then when you listen to it like collectively, it is. Like it just it's so it is so weird, um but it's freaking awesome. Call and response. You guys already said I mean, I'm just going to repeat what you said and and I also agree with like the you know, so I'm going to scream this thing and then you're going to sing like <laughs> I I mean, I don't know how they sold one another on it. And maybe it's because they were just trying everything, like you're saying, Blake, being in this house. But, man, it's... It I think Jerry worked. Finn's obviously a, a
0: yeah, really he's, important he's a part partner. of that. He goes no or he goes yeah, let's try this instead. Yeah, you no, know, I mean, I think he's probably one of those well, guys. Well,
1: take some sure. bravery on on Jerry's <clears throat> part too to he probably they probably had to explore some crazy things that did not work that we don't get oh, to Oh,
0: I'm sure there's lots of stuff that wasn't working. Yeah, that always happens. Uh, I I wish I hope that someday that
2: somehow escapes, right? Like if they had yeah. anything extra from this session.
0: Yeah, I mean, I doubt it though because when there's no demos, really, like oh, everything a, that they're doing yeah. becomes the record. They're just writing over that stuff, probably. Like well, the, the second they realize, it, yeah, tape, they just write over it if they don't like it, kind of thing. Quick question: um,
1: You you were talking about the how the how they did with the drums. Can you mm-hmm. only do that like like in uh, multiples of two?
0: Like, does no. he have to play twice? No, as fast you can or? do it. You can do it more than that because so like, basically, most, you just most do two-inch that- tape is like 32 tracks, so you can.
1: Oh no! I, I meant like playing it fast and then slowing it down. Like, how, w- w- could you could you only play it like twice as fast or three times as fast, or could no, you no, play no. it like one point five times as fast and then slow it down? It's just math, right?
0: I don't know enough about tape machines to know. It's there. I think most of them have pretty static variables. Maybe there is like a knob that you can. do. I don't know. I never recorded okay. tape, unfortunately. I'd still like to. Sounds just like a fun thing to try. But yeah, I would imagine there's some sort of no, cause you can slow. No, I know this actually based on the clarity one is because they were slowing down that tape or speeding it up the whole time. So there must be some sort of variable that you can like slowly turn up or, and it's not just jumping from like one to two to whatever you get more, you know, fidelity at a higher speed than on slow play, obviously, because you think, you're getting more data. Do, do you think Travis was like, Hey,
1: I'm going to go ahead and bend space time on the verse here <laughs> to make this fit. And then Jerry was like, idea. I can actually just like do that with tape. I can, yeah, bend I can space do space time that. by speeding it slowly down. Like, and Let's I'm not just do both.
0: <laughs> the one thing I don't know, I don't think this whole record is on tape. <clears throat> I think that maybe they were doing stuff to tape and then pulling pro tools. I'm not totally sure. The
1: timing seems right with what you're saying. We're right. Yeah. Cause between. we're
0: right on that verge of where, you know, the digital thing is, You know, there are definitely albums in 2003 that are coming out that are all Pro Tools, and then there's some stuff that's still taped. So I bet this is half and half, just a guess. I don't totally know that. So anyway, let's go to Down. Kyle, thoughts on "Down"? Uh,
2: so, like, I have this distinct memory of you know uh, falling in love with this song, and it challenged it challenged the way that I viewed a hook. Um, you know, like, I think I think you guys both know me well enough to know that like I I really I really like poppy catchy songs, and I I, I like trying to write. Poppy catchy songs and like ditto. I I think that it has to be you know like you think that there's a formula for it right, and then these guys do something like this and it's like, man, he's just saying the same word over and over again, and it is a hook. Like, yep. and it's what I'm going to be singing later when I can't get it out of my head. Yep. yep.
0: And so yeah, like, simple is better sometimes.
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean, <laughs> but I mean. I mean, does it get more simple than that? You know what I mean? Like just one, one freaking word, and
0: he killed it.
2: Well, technically,
0: na 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 na. Yeah, nah, it's a could, little simpler, but
1: but I could never figure. I'm with you, Kyle. Like those were the ideas that I was like, how does How does that happen? Does it happen organically? Like uh, I, I could never do that. It was. I'm going to barely write wording. something
2: here, but right. it's going to be brilliant.
0: Yeah. But three-part harmony, and I think yeah, this yes. is kind of where Mark's at his best, that low oh, register of damn, his. Damn, it's so damn, good, damn, and no, he's doing no, the—he's no, doing two no. other harmonies on it, and they're really subtle, and I mean, it's, it's great. And it matches,
2: and I, like, also it matches the lyrical content and the mood of the song so yep. perfectly. It just is perfect.
0: It does. Uh, this is a quick aside, only because in the little in the lyric thing, Tom t- tends to talk about songs about like why he wrote it and what it, what it's about. What are your guys feelings on when people tell you what the song's about versus what you think the song's about? Ooh. Do you like that or do you not like it? I, I,
1: I never think about what songs are about.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't ne- very often.
1: Never, yeah. So like it, it, it when, when they say it to me, it doesn't ruin anything for me. Cause I, I, to me, like I don't feel those feelings about songs. I just never have. I don't know. It's a weird tick.
0: I am with you most of the time, but there have been a few songs where I was just convinced I knew what it was about and it meant something really important to me. And then, you know, someone's like, Oh yeah, I wrote that about, I don't know, my dog or something. I'm just like, what? (laughs) So, So I don't, none of these are like that for me. Uh, like, you know, I get what they're generally about and stuff like that. They're not super deep or something like that. There's nothing crazy going on, but I, it was just an interesting thing to have in the liner notes of that you could read before you'd even heard the song, technically, uh, yeah. when you bought the album. And it kind of, I mean, to me, I'm kind of like, man, it kind of ruins the mystery or the like personal meaning that someone could get from that song once you're like, oh, no, it's about this or like, yeah, this gonna, is what I was thinking about. Are you going to tell us? I mean, I can't, there's, no, there's nothing to it. I mean, there's, this is just, he said, the lyrics I wrote in Down are about a picture I had in my head of a boy and a girl inside of a car while it's raining outside. So I pictured over and over rain falling on the windshield while this guy is saying and thinking these things about wanting to kiss her and make her stay, which is basically what you'd think the song was about. But, so that's a maybe a bad example, but it's one of those things Man. where I I kind of more appreciate the Jim Atkins route of like, I'm never going to talk about what a song's about. Uh... Because yes. it, it, I think it makes it. You can that, be whatever you want it to be.
1: That's an exception to my rule, though. I'm su- always super curious about what Jim's talking about. Like, and he'll never tell you, <laughs> right? But that's what I love. Is like, it's always going to be a forever mystery. Um, and and maybe maybe I picked up that like not caring about what songs are about from being such a big Jimmy World fan. Because it just it to me like the 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 mood and the feeling I get from the song is like what it means to me. Like when I listen to, um, this song. I all I want to do is be 21 again. Like that yeah. piano and that guitar, I'm just like, man, that feeling of just hope and excitement about life and all the possibilities and that song just like encapsulates it for me. So you're right. Now that I hear you say it's about just rain on hitting a car, I'm like, oh well. I guess I had a
2: different vibe. So <laughs> the curious the curious part of my personality always wants to know but I feel like it only pays off like one out of ten times, and I do think yeah. that you, I do think that you, t- uh, you run the risk of breaking that connection because, like, that's what music does. Like, if we connect, like, you hear a song, oh, that's about this, and like, it doesn't matter if it's about that or not, if that's what yes. you think it's about, right? And yeah. so you 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 run the risk of ruining that, and I I think that's too great a risk. So I think that people shouldn't do it. That being said. I'm so glad that you reminded me about those liner notes, Blake, because I believe that it's, and I'm going to butcher this, but, uh, go back to it, uh, on Asthenia. asthenia yeah. And yeah. there, and it's such a cool, uh, right? Yes, and, and like, we can, so, we can talk like, about that when we get there. Okay, yeah, cool. Sure. Like I, and I specific, I, I specifically remember reading that one and being like, awesome. Me too. So, yeah.
0: So it, it works sometimes. So, okay, let's go to the fallen interlude. Oh, So this is basically Travis and this guy named sick Jackson, who I had never heard of until this album. And I still don't know who he is, but you know, so he basically gave him that, that drum part, the outro of down. And then he built this whole thing on top of it. And then Travis is like, Ooh, now I want to go replace my drums with all this other stuff. And so it's really just Travis and this one other guy uh, that did all this stuff. And it became like a little cool little interlude on the, on the record. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on the fallen interlude? Drums go fast, (laughs) likey. Yeah, it's good for Travis to basically. This is. It's It's, like not quite a drum solo, but it basically is.
1: This feels like a Travis like piece of music, though. It's got like the SoCal kind of hip hop vibe. Definitely
0: has a SoCal like (laughs) transplants hip hop kind of thing going on, Um, and yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. Kyle, do you have any thoughts on falling in your lead? I assume would be short notes on this one, but
2: nothing you dudes didn't say. I mean, I love it, but you know, it's it's. It's a cool thing that, like, uh, is totally weird, but I totally love it.
0: And it works on the album. Yeah, yeah it does. It's a cool thing, especially between these two tracks. It's a cool yeah. little space yeah. between these two, especially as we go to go. Why do we... This song is awesome. Mm-hmm. I know, <laughs> Chris. What are your thoughts on "Go"? Uh, I,
1: I, this song, I, I'm I, this God. So I'm like eating my words now because I was like, oh no, I don't really like think about what songs mean. And then you play the song, I was like, oh, I just wonder what the song was about. <laughs> 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 so I'm full of crap. Don't ever listen anything I say because I will, I will, I could not be a politician. I go right flip flopper. You said Talk- you didn't care. Tom um, says
0: this song deserves to be played loud. <laughs> That's yeah. his oh, liner yeah. note Amen. on it, which is so true. I th- a-
1: so, one, one thing that always stuck out to me in the lyric is, uh, in the lyrics of the song is when the, she says, mom, get in the car, let's drive away. She said, sorry, Mark, but there's no way to stay. Like how that made it so personal. Um, yeah, to me, it like I always, it. well, yeah, but it, like people, yeah. talk, you don't see, you're not allowed to talk about the third, talking to third person in your song, unless you're doing yeah. like goofy crap. Um, I don't know. It, it it always made me emotional. I always imagined the song was something about like um, like a relationship him, his mom was having. It wasn't going well. But yeah, I, 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 so it I, seems like he, to me. Didn't he come from like a happy family? Like, did his parents
2: get divorced? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Both families. Both both uh, families were divorced. Both parents okay. Were divorced. Okay. Because that yeah, was so the that, whole stay together for the kids thing. Oh, that's right.
1: I thought that was just Tom's parents. So yeah. So uh, you know as. You know, I, I just, well, gosh, we go on and on about like how how these things change uh, their view when you have kids. Um, yeah. Like thinking of a scared child in a car, like with his parents fighting, uh, it breaks my heart. Like hearing it yeah. now as I'm older yeah. with my oh, own children, yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking about that feeling of helplessness. Um, I feel like he really, uh, like th- his voice was good on that. And I saw an interview where he talked about how things had changed for him as a parent. And I wondered if that had something to do with him putting himself back in that place and being able to speak to the vulnerability of being a child in that situation. Just that's, well done. Sorry, why I'm I talking,
0: that. talking too much. <laughs> that's why I picked that <laughs> clip though. I love that where it's just his vocal and nothing else. Like I love the way he like slightly changes it. You can tell he's going all out for it. Like you can yeah. really hear the emotion in it. I think capturing emotion in a vocal performance is more important than pitch I know that's a weird thing to say but like I'm with you it's like not that like you could sing something perfect and it be the dead like it yeah. gives me no feeling whatsoever even if it's perfect I love that this is like actually not perfect almost and it's just like all but it's the perfect performance and so um that's I mean that's why I picked that it's just like to be that raw just right there it's just as vocal that's it with a slight delay on it I love it it's awesome Kyle what are your thoughts on on go?
2: Yeah, I I love uh, I love the vulnerability like in his voice, and I also think that to me this is like the most this is the most regular Blink One Eighty Two song, or like you yeah. know what I mean. Like I feel like this it could is. fit in on 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 uh, either of the previous albums. Without Super being quick, like weird. two
0: minute song. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very Blink One Eighty Two ish, um, which makes sense. They are Blink One Eighty Two. Let's go to the aforementioned Asthenia um, and. Well, we'll talk about it in a second. Here we go. Here's Asthenia. Okay, so you mentioned Tom's note, so I feel like we should probably read that. That's probably an important thing to do. So this song is about one thing only, an astronaut sitting in a space capsule about the size of a car floating above the Earth. He's contemplating if even coming back or not will help make a difference on such a negative place. A song about the loss of hope. A term was coined for the breakdown of life in space and it is called Asthenia, or Asthenia, I don't know. Uh, The name of the track at the beginning of the song are actual NASA transmissions, which you got me at that point. You get NASA transmissions, I'm like, I'm in for whatever this is. Cool with it, yep. Um, yeah, cool song. Um, and like a little more foreshadowing of his obsession with aliens and space. At this point, it was just yep. like, Oh, that's a cool song, and then you're like, yep. Oh, no, he's like obsessed with space and aliens. <laughs> uh, what are y'all's thoughts on on this track?
1: Um, I was gonna I, say, I only have one thing to say. You just kind of blew my mind. Like, now that I'm looking at the lyrics, um,
2: I that, that's really cool. Now I like this song more. <laughs> that's all I have to say. And there you have it. See, like it works sometimes, you know, like sometimes you want to know what it's about. But rarely. Uh,
0: also the uh, another note in the the liner notes here, which I was pretty sure this is what it was, um, but I'd forgotten about it until I just read it again. That guitar tone of his is plugged into a Leslie organ cabinet, oh. um, which is a common thing to do with guitars because it, it gets this cool spinning speaker thing. Uh, but the tube was dying in it too. So that's why it's, I mean, again, you just can't, if you're not trying everything, you don't have a dead tube and a Leslie organ. <laughs> yeah. What do you, you know, what are you gonna do? And so that's why it sounds so freaking cool. Um, uh, that's real, not an effect pedal. That's a real yeah. Leslie plugging into it. So not a I lot of people have Kyle. Those lying around. Oh, I mean, we
1: both, dude. We both tried to talk at the same time. Sorry. What what uh, this song seems right up your alley though? So,
2: I mean, you know, I like space. It's cool. <laughs> and uh I I really love like at the beginning of the clip that you played there, the drum part that Travis is playing versus the rhythm that Tom is playing on his guitar. It's just pretty insane. Uh super cool. The effect that you're talking about that's coming yeah. through that cabinet is just It's just killer, man. Like it it, it it all sounds good. Um, I, I don't know, like, I, I know that this is like a buzzword now, but like everything on this record feels so intentional. You know what I mean? Like, it, like they were going for it. This was, I I, I don't know. I, I like, there were no happy. I mean, I guess there were happy accidents in finding that you can sing 50 feet away from the micro, the, uh, the microwave from the microphone. Uh, you know, in the house, and it's going to sound cool. But I mean, like, man, it. uh I, I'm like all in on this record, and and I, I um, I love this one. So yeah, that's it.
0: Again, my favorite part about it is Mark's harmony on that like alone yeah. and tired line, specifically yeah. of like it just the wouldn't claps be the same. Too if, are if, awesome. If, if Tom was singing that harmony on top of his own vocal, it would not be half as cool as with Mark. It just they complement each other, and it, it's cool. I agree. I like it. Um, I feel like we haven't talked enough about the transitions from song to song on this record and how awesome they all they are. are. There's really like not, you have to listen to this as a record. It's just not the same thing. And I think about like, I really could have just picked like what I should have done is like minute long clips with 30 seconds of the end of a song and 30 seconds of the beginning of the next song, because that yeah. it's really awesome. Everyone, including into the next track, which is always, which I didn't do the transition, but uh, very cool transition. Anyway, here's always. ДИНАМИЧНАЯ МУЗЫКА Thoughts on always. I mean, get out of here with those
1: freaking toms on that pre-chorus. How in yeah. God's name do you make a drum sound that good? That they should go to jail for all the people that had to record drums after they made those sounds. Cause like it's almost like the Beach Boys of the Beatles singing, you know, stealing every four-chord uh melody under the sun, and then the rest of us just had to pick over the scraps. It's like you can't ever record drums again because, like, well, it's good, but is it Travis Barker's drums and always good? No, never will be. Also, is it like weirdly prophetic that you you played the part that I was going to mention, which is okay? I think this was the last music video they made before their breakup.
0: It's a great um, music video, and it and is a the
2: great music video.
1: Oh, well, like yeah, I wanted to just let somebody else talk about that because I figured somebody else would because it's yeah, uh, I I yeah, but. that that I was going to mention this exact line. I've been here before a few times and I'm quite aware we're dying. Isn't that like so creepy how like this was the last video they made the last kind of like this was, this single was kind of the last push for Blink-182. I think they go on tour in Europe to push this song and they start having their big problems uh, where Mark probably just breaks up every night that, you know, well boxcar racer.
0: (laughs) I never thought of it that way, but you're right. It is kind of a good foreshadowing thing. Um, yeah, I never really thought about that, but that's a int- good point, Chris. Kyle, it's just
2: interesting. You- it's not obviously no- nothing done on purpose. Just like, yeah, but, <laughs> um, So the clip that you played is my absolute favorite with the freaking just the drums and the raw voice yep. and then going into the gigantic sounding chorus. It is so freaking awesome. And that's all I got. I mean, it's it's a jam for me, dudes. Yeah,
0: it's it's definitely a jam for me. (laughs) Kyle Uh, approved. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a, I could say a lot about this song. I mean, it's a great song. Um, It's got a great, um, it feels like it, uh, I would almost, this is maybe my Sacred Heart almost song, because it feels like it should be in an 80s movie. Oh, yeah. It (laughs) it feels like it could be. Perfect. And so it's just, it's got a cool, it's got a great feel to it. Um, And I mean, they, they were going for that. I mean, clearly, I mean, you can hear it, but also it's in the liner notes too, that they were going for an eighties vibe, which they killed. I mean, there's like four different bass kind of guitar sounds, including like a bass synth and stuff. Um, And man, it's just cool. It's like got a tambourine shaking in the chorus. I just love it. The percussion, the, the drums and percussion, as Chris mentioned are perfect. They not, not only do they sound amazing, they're all great parts. It's perfect parts for the song Uh, It's it's a really good song. I love when I do like solo acoustic kind of shows where I'm playing covers and stuff like that. I always do this one and no one can ever place it. They're always like, what is that? It's like they can't quite figure it out. And to me, that's just the sign of a great song. If you can take a song that's this well-produced and then just strip it down to acoustic and vocal and chill it out. And people are still like, that's a cool song. I can't, why can't I think of what that song originally was? You know, with me playing it crappy, I'm sure. Um it's just a good song, man. You could strip it to acoustic, you could do this anyway, and it's still a good song. But the way they did it is certainly freaking awesome, and, without a
1: doubt. And the video is mind-blowingly awesome. You it's can watch really it a hundred cool. times and still not quite figure <clears throat> out how they did it. It was uh, I, uh, apparently is very challenging to do as well. Yeah, not you shocking. gotta shoot
0: three things and have them line up on time. Um, okay, let's go to Easy Target.
2: Caution on the road, lies, lies in hidden danger. Southern California's beating Bobby little
1: Monster. She's got a mission, and i collateral damage. That's what she wanted.
2: She's the flower that you place on my casket. That's what she wanted. Save her the moment, cause her memory's fleeting. <laughs> Take a photograph as a last drink. Kyle, what are your thoughts on Easy Target? Dude, that freaking bass tone yes it's so it's so gnarly um so this this song and the song the next song to me i feel like they should really be one song um i think they kind of are the same they're the same progression they're just the same progression and they're and it's a continue it's a continuous story um i believe holly is hollywood right um i i think they say in the liner notes and oh i don't um, know about that one but maybe and um, the transition, like the end of this song into the beginning of the next is just one of my all-time faves. Um, yeah, the bass tone, the, the the fact that it's kind of punk rock, a little more punk rock for this record, um, I, I love it.
0: Uh, you're wrong, Tom says. A friend of ours told a story <laughs> of when he was young and got asked to go to the prettiest girl or asked to go to the prettiest girl in high school's house he rode his bike as fast as he could to get there and she and her friends jumped out of the balcony and sprayed him with a hose he rode home wet sad and humiliated is that so apparently holly the next is one that's easy target
2: and and nothing about holly in the in the uh description for uh all of this no i think holly Same is, holly <laughs> i think i think holly is the girl that wow. probably that had a
0: profound effect on him yeah uh and by the way like i said that was a uh, a, you know, a friend of ours told a story. There there you, so, there you yeah.
2: have it. The, it's, it's guys. It, it screwed me on this one. So, yeah.
0: So there you have it. Uh, what are your thoughts on easy target, Chris?
1: Dude, It's like a going for it. Like punk rock song. It definitely felt, felt like it was a shout, shout, shout back. Is that a thing? Shout back? back, shout out, call back to their, to, to, to some of their artists that influence, influence them. And then you've even got the, you know, the specific lyric that I felt like was like a tongue in cheek reference to social distortion. Oh, so, that's a good. Uh, it's a definitely a going for it punk rock song, but it still has all those elements that make the album really interesting.
0: Yep. Cool stuff. I love it. I mean, it's, I, I agree, Kyle, the connection between this and the next song. Another really oh, cool. Right.
1: You guys already went over that. That was that's Slow down, part, obviously. It's,
0: <laughs> it's cool. Um, and that we get, you know, sort of this like super fast punk rock thing and then we actually hear it slow down and hear that part become this acoustic thing, bells, all the crazy stuff. So let's go to that. Let's go to all of uh, all of this, which is the uh you know sort of part of the same song like Kyle mentioned, but it's own track. Yeah, yeah. Chris, what are your thoughts on all of this with uh, featuring Robert Plant from The Cure?
2: Myth. Uh, I said Robert Plant again. Oh, my gosh. I didn't want to correct him. I felt that. I was
1: like, oh, my gosh, man. It's getting sad now.
0: (laughs) I was obviously a bigger Led Zeppelin fan than I was of The Cure, but I can't stop saying Robert Plant. Uh... Um, (laughs) Dude,
1: I I did not get this when, when this came out, and it still gives me weird vibes because i i was so like lost at the fact that this was so unblink 182 and i didn't really understand like how cool the cure was i think at this point in my life um know, yeah, i knew knew them for the singles and everything so um only only listening a song as a as a more grown up grown up have i learned to appreciate it more um but it, it's definitely an outlier uh it's a beautiful piece of music but it's um, I don't know. Is it, is it that it seems, it seemed like they were direct, it's almost like they were directly like over influencing themselves by the cure to perhaps get the singer or, you know, Robert to sing on it. I'm not sure. I, I, have, a, I have a mixed relationship with this song mm-hmm. because it's obviously a big moment for them having their hero play with them, but um, it's not like one of my highest, most favorite songs on the
0: record. God, what are your thoughts on all of this? Um, I not appreciate, featuring Robert Plant. <laughs> I
2: appreciate, I appreciate Chris's honesty. Um, I, I, however, do love this song. Um, it does it for me. I now, and also, in fairness to what you said, I think you're right. Like, I was a Cure fan. Um, and also, I was excited because I think I knew that the Cure, like, the Cure had a record that came out in 04 right after this. And, um, it has, it has like such a killer intro track. If you have time, you should go listen to that. It's a song called, uh, I think lost and it kicks butt. Um, anyway, uh, I love it. I love his voice. I love the, I mean, I don't know the technical terms, so I'm just going to say, I dig the overall vibe of the song. Like I really like that. Um, I really like that acoustic part. Um, that, that, comes from the end of the last right. song i re- i really dig that and and you know even if the songs weren't connected i could even <laughs> i could even appreciate the fact that you re- they were like you know what uh i think that has legs i think i think we didn't u- utilize that enough so let's bring that here um really love that guitar part uh love robert smith i think it's an awesome song so that's it
0: Yeah, I'm into it. They did some cool stuff. This is kind of the first of the experimenting of the multiple studio thing. So they kind of like, I guess, laid down the acoustic thing. They had the bass. They had Travis basically do all his drums isolated. So he did like kick and snare together. And then he did all the hi-hats. That's why the hats are like totally separated to the right. And they did overdubs with cymbals. And then he did all the toms separate too. That's why the toms sound like gigantic uh, compared to what else is going on. So yeah, they're definitely playing. With it. And then they literally sent it to Robert Smith and he, had it, and he wrote those verses and recorded them and then sent it back. And so, I mean, that's, that's like, so cool. That's that pretty cool. So cool. And you got to wonder, like, uh, I, I wonder when he said yes. Did he hear? <laughs> because like, obviously <laughs> I, they're big Cure fans. They're a little older. And so they're into it. And like, I'm sure you get a thing, your agent or whoever it is, your manager, and is like, hey, Blink-182 wants you to do a song with them. And you might go a little bit like, you're thinking, you know, what's my age again and all the small things and some stuff like that. And I don't, I just wonder how that went down. Exactly. Yeah. There Um, there was a,
1: I read something so beautiful that he said about this. Um, I'm going to paraphrase, but he said something like music is, you know, artists are ever evolving. And you know, the most important thing that you're doing is what you're working on right now. So he didn't, it sounded to me like he didn't really give a crap about what they had done. Like he wanted to hear what they were up to and he thought it was, he loved the song. Well, that's cool. I
0: mean, that's cool. It's that's a,
1: freaking high praise. You, that's yeah. They, they had to be over the moon. I mean, even for somebody who's like super famous and wealthy beyond imagination, that had to be a, just the best feeling.
0: Well, it's probably also fun to be like, hey, we don't really have this whole thing fleshed out yet. We've got kind of the chorus, and we want you to do the rest of it. Like, not just like, oh, we want you to sing on this thing we wrote. Like, we want you to write it. Like, you know. Um, that's cool. It's also cool that, you know, you could, this is right around the time where you could actually do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is me going, this is where I'm like, there has to be Pro Tools involved. I doubt they shipped the tape with the timeline that we're dealing with, you know, and, uh, but maybe, I don't know. You can know, I, I'm just saying. Can know. I
1: read the exact line here? I found it. Please do. Because um, it, it's really good. Um, uh, oh man, I just had it. Nobody knows what kind of songs you are going to write in the future, and nobody knows the full potential of any band. I really like the music you sent me. I mean, I bet they got goosebumps yeah, when they that when would they be,
0: that. You got to imagine there's like a part where you send it out and kind of go like, Rrr, and he you just could go, totally hate If this. he says he doesn't like this, we're never going to tell anyone that we asked him to do this. He, said, he, said he no. sends back a picture of a crap sandwich and that's it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I guess he didn't
0: like it, guys. I'm sure that happens, though, where your hero just cramps like, on what you do. <laughs> I picture that he's like, sorry, guys.
2: Um, Lit also asked him, and he's going to go with them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the Earth 2 that actually happened. And, and Blinkway 2 broke up that day. Okay, let's go to Here's Your Letter. I'm talking to I mean they really could have ended the record on that last song but they're like nope we're gonna add two more we're gonna make it a 14 track yeah. record and i'm glad they did because this is a good song uh chris what are your thoughts on here's your letter
1: this is one of my favorite blink-22 songs i love it so much it's very good um, i love i i don't know how to like speak like what this is but there's this kind of drum thing that happened to almost every chorus and every song in this era where you'd be like. uh yeah. Oh, yeah. And this song, like, was one of the first. The push on the four. Yeah. 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 It's like, uh, and so then, like, all of us drummers in all the bands, like, we started just doing that all the time after song. Like, listen to saves the Day," stay what you are, and tell me you don't hear it a thousand times. Oh, that's all they do.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Is push that measure? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, what are your thoughts on? Here's your letter.
2: Well, you picked the bridge, uh, and it was it was a good choice. Um, one of my favorite things about this song is i i've always wanted to do this and never like fully done it they do like the half chorus you know what I mean like
0: the yeah. first chorus is not a full
2: like the country like, we're thing? You, we're gonna give you a taste
0: of, a of what's coming it's little, a country thing small yeah taste country and, does it all the time and you i think you're right like pop and rock very rarely do it well but yeah i love it they they pulled it off
2: and and uh, i always appreciated that about the song i also really dig that like man, I'm going to get all sentimental, but like, even though Tom is not hardly on this song, like he's, I know that he's in the band. And so I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's beautiful. Like, well, put. like if this was, if this was on plus 44, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is for <laughs> me. <laughs> I, I was just so sold on them. And like another thing, aside from the fart and <laughs> jokes, um, <laughs> Like they were, you they just got were, all sentimental, and then you like, well, <laughs> record right, 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 scratched. <laughs> like, I'm still, I'm still there. Uh, okay. Hear me out. Aside okay. from all of that, I think one of the things, like, I, I, mean, I was a rabid fan. Any DVD that came out, any video that came on, I was watching it and listening to what Blink One Eighty Two did. They were oh, yeah. highly influential on refreshing me. the website. And I, yes, and I would say that out, outside of the potty humor. I would say that the the greatest theme of this band was the friendship between Mark Hoppus yes. and Tom DeLonge.
0: Mm-hmm. And like
2: so much so that like there's a, there's a meme that people throw around all the time. You can probably find it on Reddit where like fans will throw this up and it's from the Enema of the State DVD where Tom says something as cheesy as like it, it, a day without Mark is just not the same day. Like, no, no, day is is as good without him, right? And like, to think of where we, <laughs> where we are now, you know what I mean. And like, it's just, it's just a bummer. They were better together, man. Just period. And like, I, I like Angels and Airwaves. There's, there's plenty of stuff from them that I like. And there's, and there's plenty of new stuff from, uh, you know, New Blink with, uh, with Skiba. But it's just not the same. It's not the and same. So, and so yeah. like. Um I that was a long way for me to say that like I still dig that this is a song where Mark sings by himself, but like I think part of what I dig about it is that I still know that they're a band and I can go to the next track and hear Tom.
0: So well that seems like a good reason to go to the next track and the last That's track slightly. on the record, uh, which is I'm Lost Without You featuring Tom DeLong. Chris, thoughts on "I'm Lost Without You," final track.
1: I mean, it's a really pretty song, and um, gotta appreciate a punk rock band doing a six minute ballad at the end of their uh, end of their album. Bold move, um, not not quite. Um, wait, oh god, uh, Goodnight Sky Harbor." But uh, yeah, you know. not
0: quite. <laughs> but <laughs> similar, like just go nuts on the drums exactly. at the end of it, no, kind of thing same. going on
1: feel yeah and then Travis yeah Travis just gets to do his on space-time bending magic on uh, through the end of it uh, that's a pretty song I
0: like it Kyle your thoughts on I'm lost without you
2: man I love it and I'm I'm just gonna like I'm starting to get depressed now oh thinking, same, dude, and, same. And, and like and here's the thing like I'm look I'm looking into this but like and this won't be in the liner notes I guarantee it but you could convince me that like this is the most angels and airwavesy sounding yes. blink 182 song that exists atmospheric and, like, I, yeah, i'm just wondering if he's like you know what this is the new me you know like <laughs> this is where i'm going to go um, and and like yeah it just, and and also i'm bummed because the album is over it's one of my favorite albums of all time from one of my favorite bands of all time, and like, I'm I'm bummed that even if they got back together tomorrow, they wouldn't sound like this nope. because this because this dude has spent the last fifteen years trying to learn to sing differently. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, and change his voice, and like, it just wouldn't be the same. And and we know it wouldn't be the same because we got neighborhoods, right. and I know, and I know that there's some people that will argue that that's that it's wonderful. They're wrong. It's not wonderful. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's
1: fine. But you're not allowed to just be all right when you're too Two. Like, and
2: and and you shouldn't just be all right after a record like this. And like also like they phoned it in. You know what I mean? Like oh, we're like no one was in the same. I don't think anyone was in the same yeah. room, state. Some I'm of not them sure were, on they were in the continents. Same yeah, I don't. I don't think Mark they were in was the living same city living yeah. in England. So oh, yeah, like he's in London. Um, and so I I don't know like. It's it's weird, but like I'm actually bummed getting to the end of this because it was such a good record, man. What what could have been, what would have been, and at the same time, maybe I should just be happy that we got this perfect album. No, dude, it's like the last Seinfeld episode. It was just like, well, the last Seinfeld episode
1: wasn't good, or as good as this album was, but you know, just it just yeah. left us wanting more. I, even though they got back together and have other music, since this era of Blink 22 ends with this album. I felt like it was like, you know, no encore, just leave us wanting more. There's some, yeah. something kind of beautiful about that. Yep, it's I kind of cool. Disagree. It's a bold move. It's way harder to, to do, to pull off. It's
2: better than sucking hard.
1: Yeah, are they the Sugar, first Ray, band? Sugar
0: Ray didn't do this. Sugar Ray <laughs> didn't bow out gracefully. <laughs> Smash Mouth didn't do this. Are they the first band that doesn't say we break up? We're taking a hiatus. I mean, I can't. Was there a I, band before that that y'all can think of that didn't just say like we're done or no? Now and was I going, the only one that had to like that. grab a dictionary? Like, wait, yeah. what? No, I didn't know. What they it called meant. it. They called it indefinite hiatus, indefinite which hiatus. kind of meant to me was like. It, it, I mean, it bummed me out because I didn't think yeah. it would, they were ever going to get back together at that point. Because at that point, we knew some of the turmoil right. and all. It seemed stuff
2: worse and, than than a break, right?
0: Yeah, because it uh, yeah, seemed, I know. it seemed like well the <laughs> clear. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, not that I'm can take sides. Not that you ever know exactly what went on, but I mean, it, the the clear. Travis and Mark continuing to work with each other and Tom not being in the mix, like, you know, I don't know, whatever.
1: Read any interview. Yeah.
0: Very clear. (laughs) But it just, yeah, it bummed me out. And, but it was, I mean, it was at least like, okay, we're not going to call it a breakup. And then, so then when it happens the second time, you know, yeah, you get excited. Neighborhoods is like, okay. And then, I don't know. It's just like, you're right. I, it really bums me out, looking back now, that I didn't realize that this was like... I mean, I did really like this record, but I don't think I fully appreciated that, like, hey, you're not going to get this again. This is it, you know? Well, I'm bummed
2: out that the three of us did... Like, if we had known, we'd have gotten a car and we'd have gone seen seen this record toured. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, I would have probably. gone to every show within right. 50 miles. No,
1: they, they they that's a really good point, Kyle. They It didn't feel like a band that known. was going to have an indefinite hiatus anytime soon. It felt like a band that was... Be rocking out for a while, yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, it, it, that 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 was almost like the the most beautiful part about the disappointment was it was so unexpected. Like being in a relationship and thinking everything's going great, and then like she just calls you and she's like, "You know what? I'm I'm done." And then she just like hangs up and changes her phone number. This is what it felt like. Felt like we got yeah. ghosted a little bit.
0: Yeah, just sure. Tom, a little
1: bit. It ghosted us.
0: Tom, he more aliened us. That's probably the better analogy. Um, so lasting impressions, I mean, like, uh, we don't even need to waste time on this. We those. already did yeah. it, did we? <laughs> the questions are does it hold up? Is it their best album? Is their their most important album? I would say yes, yes, and yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, does it's anyone it's disagree? Let's not spitball
1: no. too much on this. I think we agree. Uh,
0: to me, it's like obviously In of the State was a huge ushering in of the pop punk in a way that Green Day pop, pop, had not, pop. you know punk Yeah, I mean, and yeah. so, you know, that was a humongous, momentous thing, but this also then moved the whole genre in a new thing, you know, so I mean to me, as yeah, far like as important... Kyle said, we all got scared, we were like, oh dude, we gotta do better and try harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so as far as most important it's hard to pick between those two, because you know, one launched them into the stratosphere and the other one kind of launched the genre into the stratosphere, and you're right, it's the reason we consider any of these bands quote-unquote emo or whatever. But yeah, I mean it's a great record. It holds up. It's awesome. There's no doubt about it. It definitely makes me super sad that they didn't have a great one after this. They've I like their albums that come after this. It's but it me doesn't too. feel like Blink-Way 2 anymore. It's not I, I consider it different. It's just not the same. Yeah. Um well, so let's just jump to the, the rest of it. So let's go to Desert Island songs. Kyle, what are two or three of your favorites on this record? If you had to pick. Oh no. Um, Oh, it's really hard. (laughs) We do this on every album. It's super
1: hard on every album. You're not allowed to pick Stockholm Syndrome Interlude. That's mine.
0: Okay.
2: (laughs) Not Uh, a track. I'll I'll go with... I'll go with always... I'll go with always and... Violence and feeling this.
0: Chris, what are yours?
1: I'm going to go Stockholm Syndrome, Go, and Here's Your Letter.
0: I think I'm with you on Always, Kyle, for sure. I think I'm Always, Go, and I think I might be, I think it's I Miss You. I know it's weird to pick the single, but that song is so good. Um, It's just really good. See, I assumed Um, that on
1: my desert island we would get like a a week FM Signal, and that's a pretty
0: popular and song. And you can so. get that still on. Yeah, on I the figured I'd hear it once. Top 40 radio. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Nobody's perfect. What's the worst song in this album? If you had to kick one off, Kyle, do you have no, one? I'm
2: not doing it. I want to hear all of these songs.
0: Okay. Chris,
2: do you have one? Same. I, I just, yeah, it's not fair on this album.
0: Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think if I like if the fallen interview lewd wasn't on it, I don't think I'd be sad about it, except that I love it as a bridge between down and go. So I don't even think I can kick that off. I mean, that yeah. would be the closest thing just cause it's, you know, it's just different. It's, you know, um, grower, not a shower. Um, other than maybe this album, the entire thing being a little bit of a grower for you too. Do you have a, a specific track that, uh, did that for you, Chris? I think,
1: I know we're talking about Go a lot. I, I I don't think I appreciated it as much when I first heard the record as I did later. Um, I think I talked about some of the reasons why. So for me it's that that song.
0: I think for me it's Stockholm syndrome. I know that sounds weird, but like I like the song, but I grew like the more I listened to it, the and the weirder I realized it was. Like so the structure of that song is <laughs> a like if you if you took every section and named it a letter the sec, the the process of the song is a b c d a that's what it is like and you don't really know what a verse is you don't really know what a chorus is it's super weird but it doesn't feel weird which to me is, make, is what makes no, it, that's that's what makes it so genius is that it doesn't feel like they went like you know you normally verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus This is none of those things. I don't know if that opening thing is the chorus, kind of, I guess, because they do repeat it at the end. But, yeah, so it's A, B, C, D, A. And so I think that that kind of stuff grew on me on this one because that just was not something they were doing on the old records. But like I said, it felt familiar enough that I didn't think about it like the first time or even the 10th time I listened to it. Um, And I never really wrote down that order until tonight. That's the first time I was like, wait a minute. Like, what is the order of the, what what are the parts on this song? And I re-listened to it and wrote those down. I was like, yeah, it it only repeats that one part at the end. So I'd say, I think that's mine. Uh, even though it's a, it's not like I didn't like it the first time. Kyle, what's yours? Uh, what's your grower not shower?
2: Uh, I, I think it would probably be violence just because of, you know, the, the verses being so different. I like I can't yeah. fully remember, but I imagine that probably struck me as like, "Whoa, what are they doing?" And now I love it. So.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think that I think that that's a good uh, good one too. I think that's grown on yeah. me too. But those I think I so spit good. out
1: my, uh, chili cheese coney which I think
0: my diet <laughs> was <Sonic>. exclusively made <laughs> up of at that time.
1: <laughs> Is he talk singing?
2: <laughs>
0: uh anyway great record uh we obviously really like it a lot um and uh, <laughs> sorry
2: talk singing
0: i always called it sing talking <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar not quite the same a little different yeah well, thanks for listening, and again, if you like what you hear, here, please consider giving us a great review on iTunes, and of course, you've got to subscribe, so those new episodes just show up on your phone when we release them, and you can send your comments, disagreements, or suggestions to info at FindingEmoPod.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at FindingEmoPod, or on Facebook at FindingEmoPod, or on Instagram at findingemopod. We will be doing May, the Everglow next, I promise. Uh, There was a good reason why we didn't, but we will do it next. Okay. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Happy
2: birthday, Untitled. Oh, yeah. 16. Self-titled.
1: It's untitled. Look it up. And, and, and you can feel really bad when you put the notes in the podcast. So you have to say Chris is right. Type it I now. Will.
2: I'll so feel it. really that, bad when yeah, you see this loaded. record rolling around in its car. <laughs> Load that up in
1: your clipboard, buddy, because you're going to be copy-pasting that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. See you all.